Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Friends, what a, a, a privilege we have had to, tr- to have been able to track together uh, through the Breathe series. Uh, if you missed some of that, please make sure to catch the podcast so you can catch the online services that will still be on our YouTube uh, channel. And, and I, I, I want to encourage you that as we track through these sermons, that you don't just kind of walk away uh, from them and look forward to the next thing. I hope that you're having some good conversations uh, in your connect groups. I hope that within your social spaces, family, etc., that you're having some really good conversations around these things, discovering uh, Uh, how other people are experiencing who the Holy Spirit is in their lives, who he is um, in our our own lives, how he releases us um, into the purposes that God has called us to walk in. Amen. Uh, And uh, as we uh, have concluded the Breathe series and we're moving on to this new series, the Unmasked uh, series, we're not leaving the Holy Spirit behind. We're, We're taking him with us. And we're celebrating the, the work that he does in our lives. And one of the ways that we celebrate is testimony. And, and it's been so encouraging to hear some of the testimonies. I encourage you to share these with us. Share these in your connect groups, etc. How the Lord is coming through for you. Because we realize each time, or we are reminded each time, that man, the Holy Spirit, he really is boundless. He's not limited by time or by space. And so we continue to hear of people uh, who are being prayed for, uh, being touched by the Holy Spirit over the phone, uh, in online connect groups or online courses, and people are encountering the Holy Spirit, they're receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they're being healed, they're receiving ministry in person and online, and so the Holy Spirit, he's continuing his work. Our job is to keep up with him and not to make sure that we deviate. We, we, we were tracking with him for the duration of a series, but then we start to deviate um, in a different direction. So it's just an encouragement. Let's lockstep with him and let's keep up with what he is doing because there's some amazing things um, in store for us. Amen. Awesome. But today we get to start uh, a new series, the Unmasked series. Now, please keep your masks on. Maybe I should have led with that. Um, please keep your masks on, but we're, we're going to unmask in the space of our souls. I love what Precious said, man. I, I, people, you, you know where I am. You know how you are with me because I don't hide. That statement stuck with me, and, and, and I'm going to continue to process that. That, that. that was a real convicting thing for me, for somebody to stand up and say, you know, I don't hide. And I asked myself some questions as I was sitting there, and which, which areas am I still kind of hiding? Which areas am, is my mask still up? I think that was, that was a perfect introduction um, as we are engaging in this series. But, but God has given us certain treasures, uh, right? And, and um, uh, it, it is these treasures that we want to unpack during uh, this, this uh, series, whether it is the treasure of focus or the treasure of family or friends or finances, uh, whatever that treasure is, it is possible for us to be fully present within those treasures and for us to put God first in our affections, for us to prioritize a whole focus on him, 
so that whether it is in the walking out of our day or whether it is in the pursuit of the things that God has placed in our hearts, we are placing him first in our affections. That that is possible. Uh, and uh, whether you've been, you feel like you've been ticking that box quite well or whether you feel like you haven't quite ticked that box or you didn't even know that that box was there, you're in a good place and you're at the right place. We're going to track together starting from today and for the next coming weeks. And so I want to encourage you, please lockstep with us um, as, as we do so. Please uh, turn your Bibles uh, to the book of Joshua. We're going to camp out in the book of Josh- Joshua chapter 6 this evening. As always, it's good for us to learn these lessons by observing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's ready. I'm hoping that, uh, that she's releasing a, a, a yes and amen anointing. <laughs> it is good for us to learn these lessons by observing some of the way in which God interacted with his people as is documented in the Bible. And so I want us to look at this particular story in the book of Joshua chapter 6, and it really is a tale of these two cities, Jericho and Ai. And uh, what, what the Bible tells us uh, when we read this, this portion of Scripture is that we have the Israelite nation who had been led by God in the wilderness, and for various reasons that we may, we may be aware of, if you're not, it's good to, to go back in, in, into the scriptures and to read some of the story in Exodus of the, the, the Israelite nation wandering through the desert. But for various reasons, God is leading these people, and they're wandering in the desert place, not making measurable progress, but they, they're kind of wandering in this space for, for, for 40 years or thereabouts, and, and they, they come to this time where God is now saying, right, you can now cross the boundary line, the Jordan River, into the land of promise. And this wasn't just a promise that they that had been made to them. This was a promise that God had made to Abraham before they were even a thought, before they were alive or had even been born. God had been doing some business with Abraham and had made this promise to them, before they'd even gone into exile, God had promised to, to, to Abraham that the descendants of Abraham would inherit this land and had shown it to Abraham. And so this is a special time, and it is the culmination uh, and, the, and the manifestation of this promise. And so they, they come into this place, they cross over into, uh, the, 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 the river, and, and they're entering into the, the, the boundary land. And... and um, they discover that uh, one of the first tasks uh, that w- awaits them is for them to wage war against the city of Jericho. In fact, they would go on to wa- wage war against Jericho, against the town of Ai, and against many other tribes and towns that were in the promised land. And so they found out that they had been wandering the desert all this time, longing for a time when God would release them to enter into the promised land. They're released into the promised land only to find that they are called to wage war in the promised land. 
Sometimes we, we're trusting and we're longing and we're desiring and we're hoping God will bring us into a place of promise, whatever that thing that is, whatever that thing looks like for you. And then you enter in and realize, oh my goodness, there are inhabitants in this place of promise. Lord, I am, I, I'm trusting you to give me a spouse. And, I, and, and God gives me a spouse and I enter into this promise of marriage and I realize, oh man, the battle has just begun. Lord, there's this amazing job opportunity and you've called me into this career and I'm trusting you to bring me into this place you have promised me and I enter in and I realize, wow, it's inhabited. And in order for me to eat the fruits of this land, I have to take out some giants. That we, we are trusting him and we want, and rightfully so, that we should want to enter in because it is our, our inheritance. But we wage war for our inheritance. It's not a passive, thank you, Jesus. And, and so these people cross over the boundary line and they wage war against these two cities with two differing results. The Bible tells us that they waged war against Jericho and they won. It was amazing and maybe you've read it in the scriptures or you've sung songs about it or you've heard it being spoken about, the walls of Jericho coming down. It was a spectacular victory. The very next battle was against this town of Ai and they lost that fight. And I have to take a step back and ask myself when I read this scripture, what was the difference? What or was it that there was a difference between the two cities? Was it that God had an agenda in mind? Was it their approach that resulted in a victory over here and a loss over here? Bear in mind, by the way, Jericho is a far bigger threat, a far more significant enemy than the, other, the town of Ai. They, they had high walls, the Bible tells us. They, they could hide behind their high walls. They had fortresses. They, 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 they could shut their gates, and make it very difficult for you to enter in. Whereas this other town had no, had, had no, uh, wasn't well fortified and, and was smaller. So their army was smaller. So much so that when they were going to attack the town of Ai, they sent scouts who came back and said, no, nah, don't worry, let the army rest. Give us a small portion and we'll deal with these guys pretty quickly. Bad idea. They got beaten back. So much so that, that, that when you read in, in, in chapter 6, you'll realize uh, it, it, the, the, the defeat was so bad that uh, the whole camp of Israel was disheartened. Joshua and the elders of Israel had to go and prostrate themselves before the Ark of the Covenant and, and, and asking God, what do we do now? Feels like you've let us down and, and the, the, the Canaanites and the other tribes are going to hear how easily defeated we were by these guys. And they're going to be bolstered up. They're going to be encouraged and their faith is going to rise up and they're going to attack us and wipe us off the face of the earth. Taylor, two cities, Jericho and I. In Jericho, well, let, let, let me say this before, before uh, we, we, we proceed. That, that part, part of the reason that I want to put before you that I can see as, as to why these two outcomes were different 
is what I want to put before you. It's these three, three Ps that I want us to work with uh, uh, for the duration of our time together. It is, it is plan, power, and people. Plan, power, and people. And here's what I mean. When we read the second verse of Joshua 6, they crossed over, they're formulating strategy, and the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. This is a plan. God has deposited a plan to Joshua. Here is this fortified city. You have to take this city if you have any hope of occupying the land. In order for you to take this city, here is the plan. And so if you, if you imagine with me, if we were in the camp of Israel and we went to the, the strategy tent where the generals meet, the leaders meet and they're devising battle plans. I think we would have heard something along the lines of, we need to starve these guys out. We need swords and shields and spears. We need arrows. We need catapults. We need ramparts. Or maybe we need to send some emissaries for negotiation. Those might have been the type of conversations that you would have heard if they were left to their own devices. But God gives them a plan to wage war with trumpets and with praise. Because they, had, they were facing something that they had never faced before. What do we do when we face things that we've never faced before? We do typically what we've always done before. When we are relying on our own devices. But God deposits a plan that, by the way, doesn't have to make sense to them. He gives them a plan. He's not asking for their approval. This plan doesn't have to make sense to them. He's asking them to carry it out. And so there's a fortified city, and we're going to take this city down, and I'm going to give you the victory. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around. And so they began to set themselves up, the priests, according to the scriptures, the ark and the, and the, and the men of war, and they, and they walked around. This, this was the battle plan. This is battle day one. They're walking around. Now, I, I sometimes think when I, when I read the scripture, I think about being the people of Jericho. And, and you're in Jericho, and you've heard about this, this Israel nation, right? We, we've heard about these people that are led by a God. Their king is a God, and he leads them through the wilderness. 
and there's weird things that happen there, but they're massive, and they keep threatening our territory, and then they go back, and then they come back. Now they've crossed over into our territory. So what do we do? We call everybody in. We shut the gates, and that's what it says in verse 1 of chapter 6, that nobody could go in and nobody could go out because they'd shut themselves in. So, so we're wondering, how does a people that is led by a God, how are they going to wage war against us? How do we prepare for that? We've shut ourselves in, in our walls that have presumably, they, they, they have defended us in times past. And here comes day one of the battle. The, the, the Israelite camp is over there. The army is arrayed against us. And then we send some scouts out to, to you know, scout the land. They come, come back and report to us. What, what, what is their first line of attack? What are they doing first? Are they, is it arrows first? Is it, what is it? And the, and the scouts come back and they're like, no, um, well, um, they're walking. What, what do you mean? No, no, well, we, they're walking around, and then that's it. They're walking around, they're blowing some trumpets. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. They're trying to weird us out. They're trying to get into our heads. Okay, let's see how this goes. Day one, they walk and they go back to their camp. Day two, we're set again. What are, what are they doing? What's their first line? What, what are they doing? How are they attacking? Send out the scouts, come back, tell us. What are they doing? Well, they, they, they went for the walk again. Again, yeah, they're walking around the wall. Ah, uh, we know what they're doing. We know what they're doing. They are checking the wall for signs of weakness. They are trying to find where they can breach the wall. Let them proceed because we are confident in our wall. We've reinforced our wall. Our fortresses are strong. They have withstood attack before. They're not going to find any weaknesses. Imagine it being day two and day three and day four, and these guys are still getting in silence. They walk around. The priests blow some trumpets. They walk around. At some point, we're starting to feel confident. We feel like, you know what? Psychologically, we're winning this thing. Because they walked around, they found no, no weakness in our defenses, and that's all they seem to have is the strategy of walking around. We think we're winning the, psycholo the psychological battle here. I, I, I imagine, this is nowhere in the scriptures, but this is me just using my imagination. I imagine even some people maybe even going up, up, up onto, the, onto the, the, the top of the fortresses and having a look and seeing these people walk around, maybe even throwing some stuff, uh, mocking them, uh, you know, th stuff in jest or, or criticizing, etc. But, but what is the response, the typical response, what would it have been of the Israelite people whilst they were walking around, even if the, the people of Jericho had gone up to the top of the walls and shouted insults at them? They would have just kept on walking. They would have just kept on walking. Why? Because there was a strategy that was deposited into their hearts in the tent of meeting, in the strategy meeting. There was a deposit from God, a plan, and they were going to walk out that plan in accordance to the will of God. And so some of you are carrying a plan that has been given to you by God in your strategy tent, he has, he has deposited something in you that you know, that you know, that you know is from God. Doesn't necessarily make sense to you. Definitely doesn't make sense to other people. And so you, you receive this thing and you start walking it out and people look at you weird. And, and people start criticizing and people start mocking. What is your response? Is your response to turn back and to go review the strategy? Lord, are you sure? that this is what you want us to do. No! 
When God has given you the strategy and the plan in that place of meeting, it doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter how they're mocking. It doesn't matter how they're criticizing. Your role is to implement and follow through in obedience. And so when they tell you that what you're doing is not working, what do you do? God called them to walk in silence around the walls of Jericho. Whether somebody or there are situations, whether people are throwing rocks, people are throwing insults, people are not understanding, it doesn't matter because you're called to walk in peace and silence around the walls of Jericho. Why are you still walking around? There are no places to breach the wall. Why are you still trusting God for healing? You have been trusting Him for day one. You trusted Him at week four. You trusted Him at year three. You're still trusting Him. Why are you walking around? I don't need you to understand. I don't need you to support. I'm here just walking in peace and obedience before the Lord. Why are you still starting businesses? You are on your fourth one and they've all fallen flat. Why don't you just go be normal like everybody else? Hey, I'm not asking you to support me. I'm not asking you to believe in me. I'm not asking you to walk with me. I'm just walking this wall of Jericho in silence. Why are you still laboring in that relationship? It's been going for, it's been giving you heartache after heartache. What are you still doing? Hey! (laughs) Silence and peace around the wall of Jericho because God has called me to walk this wall and I will walk it for the first day. I will walk it for the first week. I will walk it for the first six years. But at some point, the long horn will blow and the shouts will go up and the wall will come down. Here's the other thing that I love about um, walking around the wall. So when you walk around the wall, God said to them, walk in silence. And the trumpets are blowing. And they walk around the wall. And they're carrying the ark of the presence. So God is with them. They're walking around the wall. And you know what happens when you walk around? You come back around to the place where you started. And there are your footprints. This is where we started, and then we're going to walk around again. And then the question is put before you, but are you going to do it the exact same way that you did it before? Mm, I needed to say that louder because I don't think you guys heard me. And then you walk around, and you come back around, and there the question is levied before you. Are you going to walk around the same way that you walked around before? You left that relationship. And you walked and you made decisions and you walked in your life and you came back around. And here is a relationship. And the question is levied before you. Are you going to do it exactly the same way as you did the other one? How are you going to walk around this time? And you come back around and you start this new job. And the question is, are you going to go in the same way that you went in the last time? Did you learn any lessons? How are you going to walk around this time? And each time is revelation, and each time is the presence of God. So each time is authority, each time is revelation, each time is conviction, each time is leaving behind what you had before, and then at some point, the longhorn goes, and you raise shouts of praise, and the wall comes down. 
Because you didn't go around it like you did before. Because you learned the lesson the first time around. Now, ah, I'm not going through this again. No, no, I see the signs. No, I didn't see the red flags the last time, but I see them today. Ah, uh-uh, ah, devil, you're not, not going to catch me today. I saw it the last time. I got burnt the last time, not doing it again the same way. But I'm going around, keeping to the plan. I'm obedient, and I'm at peace. I have a plan. And God says in verse 6, then Joshua, so Joshua says this, and Joshua, the son of Nun, call, called the priest and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. <clears throat> so, we see that they had received a plan in the strategy tent. And the plan was a direct deposit from God. It was God's plan. And to implement the plan, they needed to make God central. And so they carried the ark, and the ark was the resting place of God's presence. And so the priests went before, and they had, and had, they had the men of war, and they carried this ark, and they went around the walls with this ark. And so God was communicating to them, hey, don't fall into the trap of receiving the download from me and then thinking you have enough to go and implement. He's saying receive and take me with you. And, and make me, cent- this plan is for you to make me central. And so what do we do sometimes? We have this amazing deposit, amazing re- uh, revelation, amazing moment where we receive and we go and we implement, right? And sometimes it actually works like it did with the, with the, with the Israelites at Jericho. They, they, they did the thing and then the walls came down and it was amazing. So what did they do? They ran straight to Ai and they tried to implement again and they got beaten because they left God behind. And so with the, the, the power must go with the plan because the, the one who gives you the deposit is the one who is going to also give you the power to see it through. And so as they're carrying the presence of God around the, the walls of Jericho, where they are stepping and claiming dominion, where they are taking authority, God is right there with them, affirming every step, affirming every declaration. Affir- where, where they're binding, he's binding. Where they're loosing, he's loosing. Because he's with them right there. And yet we, we can quickly forget, don't we? And, and, and we, we live from this place of, whoa, there was a time when I received the most amazing deposit from the Holy Spirit. Man, somebody laid hands on me. I fell back. I was rolling. I was shaking. I stood up. Electricity was rolling through my body. I felt like if I touched somebody, they, I had power. Man, I, ro- I walked out. I would look at a demon and it would fall. That was back in 2006. And, and, and I'm wondering why, 
why I've lost the flavor. I'm wondering why I'm not excited anymore. I'm wondering why it feels so hard even just to read my Bible. I'm wondering why I've got this weird perspective on the things that have happened in my life. I'm wondering why I've been attacking I and that I has been beating me back. Because I'm trying to live today's battle on 2006 deposit. Trying to hang on to something that happened way back when. And yet God is available to us on the daily basis. Scripture promises that his mercies, his compassions are renewed for us and available to us every morning. And so we can go before him and we can receive a fresh deposit and we can receive a fresh plan and we can receive that fresh power with which to take down today's fortress. Because there's a fortress tomorrow and there's a fortress the next day because that is the nature of the land of promise. But the hope we have is that in God, the fortresses don't stand a chance. And so we receive our deposit, our power from God, and we're able to take on what comes before us. Plan, power, people. In verse 22, it says, But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you saw to her. And so what had happened here is that before they had attacked, they had sent spies into Jericho. They had encountered this woman, Rahab, that the Bible describes as a prostitute, a harlot. And yet God had done something special in her heart and had turned her towards these guys. And she had cooperated with them. And the promise was, when we come into this city, God is going to hand the city over to us. We're going to destroy it, but you and your family will be saved. And this is what we see playing out here. And so God had spoken this plan to Joshua. Joshua had implemented the plan, but the plan can't go go forward without Rahab. The plan can't go forward without the spies who go in. The plan can't go forward without the priests in verse 13, or the armed men who surround the ark, or the shouting masses who raise up a praise offering at the appropriate time. We can carry a plan... And we can carry the power of God, but it is people who make the plan sustainable. And so we're not, we're not called to walk out our purposes in isolation. We're not called to figure ourselves out in isolation. We, 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 we express our faith within the context of community. And, and so whether it is me going before God every day, every day, realigning myself with him and making him my focus so that, so that whatever I'm doing for the rest of that day flows out of him, or whether it's me reflecting at the end of the day, whatever that looks like for you, or whether it's me thinking about my, my greater purpose, the things that God has spoken, spoken to me about, it is always within the context of community. And that's why we talk so much about connect groups in this church, small groups, Because those places where we can meet together and pray together and speak and read the word and share together are life-giving. And they are the context in which we work out the stuff that God has spoken to us. So it is important 
And so we speak about a tale of two cities that really I want to drill down to, to it, it being a tale of two lives. And we get to make a decision tonight as to how our lives will be reflected. Will our lives resemble the way in which Israel waged war against I? Or will our lives resemble the way in which Israel waged war against Jericho? Against I, they moved in disobedience. They, they left the power of God behind. They, they wanted God to be kind of a cameo feature in the greater story. And once he had shown, okay, we figured it out, we've seen you do it once or twice, thank you, Lord, we've got it now. Because it's hard, hard, man, to relinquish control. And even having relinquished control, sometimes we, rel we relinquish like this, you know, like, ah, okay, let's see, let's see what you're going to do. Ah, okay, thanks, that's enough, that's enough. And we take back control from God. And yet... When we surrender our lives, when we surrender control over to him, because we believe that he is good, then like the attack on Jericho, we can achieve things that to the naked eye seemed impossible. We can face enemies that are ready for us to come at them with ramparts and catapults, and we come at them with peace, with trumpets, and with praise. And they have no defenses for that. They have defenses for everything else. They have protocols for everything else that they can employ at any given moment. But we will come into situations where we can deploy the trumpets, and we can deploy the praise, and man, see the enemy shake. Because the enemy doesn't have the protocols for praise. And so whittling it down, how do we make this practical in our lives? We know that we pursue and we ask God and we seek him for greater, our greater purpose. Kind of, Lord, what, do you, what have you placed me on this earth for? And... Um, and, and, and we know that we have kind of our, our, our primary purpose, that is for all of us, our primary purpose for all of us is to worship God. Worship God, enjoy his presence. But we have our secondary uh, callings and purposes that are more unique to each of us. And we seek him out in, in these areas, Lord, what are you calling me to do? But we drill that down even more to a daily discipline, right? Um, that it, it, it's not one big leap, it's a daily discipline uh, that I work out to be able to achieve the things that God has called me to, it, to be able to overcome the fortresses that are in the way of me taking the land that God has called me to take. And, and, and so we, we, we st when I do this, I start to look at a plan, not so much as this rigid structure um, or, or, or this religious kind of restriction, uh, but as a tool that I can use to express value. And the value, when we're talking about daily, daily disciplines, the value is me connecting and aligning with God. 
that I value the fact that I'm aligned and connected with him. That I know as I'm walking out my steps, I'm walking out in obedience. And because I value that, I put a structure in place to support that. Now, th- this is not necessarily, this is not my, um, my go-to thing. My, my natural thing is I like, I like the organic thing. I like the natural, like, ah, I don't need the structure. I pray, uh, you know, my soul, it wells up from inside. And, and I pray when I'm walking. I pray when I'm driving. I pray when I'm in this situation. I'm, I'm aware of the presence of God. I look at the stars and the trees and songs well up inside of me. I exaggerate. And that's all well and good until I'm late that morning. And then there's no songs. Then there's, you know, um, or until somebody cuts me off in traffic, until my mood changes, until, this, until I'm faced with temptation and sin. And then, and then all of that goes out the window, right? But if I have a structure in place, if I have a plan in place, that plan keeps me accountable to my values. And so I had to take a step back and realize, oh, but this isn't a restriction, this is an expression. This is me prioritizing my values. And so I want to encourage you to think through your day and to think through your energy and when you have clarity of mind and when you have undistracted time and to make sure that you put down, whether it's in your diary or in your mind or in your conversations, whatever, however you want to do it, that you, you prioritize a specific time that is for God. I'm speaking to myself when I when I say this, that, um, that we carve out the space that is an expression of our values, that, that, that top of my list is connecting and being aligned with God because everything else will flow from there. I have to start at the tent of strategy before I face the fortress. And, and walking out the power, I was thinking about, as I was thinking about this concept, walking out the power, what does it look like for us to appropriate the space? I, was, I came across this scripture in John uh, 3.8, and you can have a look at it a bit later, but um, it's describing the people of the Spirit. And so it's describing the Holy Spirit as this wind that goes to and fro, and you can't tell where he's going or where he's coming from. And, and I, I began to think about the wind, and, and, and you know, I, I can't control the wind, I can't, but, but, but I can observe the wind, and I can make adjustments based on my observation of the wind. You know, and I was thinking about, you know, back in the day when uh, mo- ships didn't have motors and they relied on sails and, 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 and the wind, that they, they were stuck in port until the winds were favorable. And then they could launch out, but until then they had to sit and wait and observe. Uh, and, and sometimes relating with the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. He's like this wind. We don't control him. We don't dictate to him. But we can observe and see which direction he's flowing and make adjustments to flow with him. Because you see, we don't show up to the strategy meeting, to the, tent of, the, the strategy tent, that our time with Jesus, our time with the Holy Spirit. We don't show up with our, with our agenda points and our list. And morning, Holy Spirit. Um, there's the, the agenda for the day. Uh, please blow some life into it and uh, report to me on the hour and let's see how we, um, how we progress. We might push points three and four to tomorrow. They're less important, but um, uh, let me know how you progress. No, that's not how we present ourselves because he's not here to push our agenda. We align ourselves to his agenda. We align ourselves to how he moves. We observe the direction that he's moving in, and we align ourselves 
for movement in that direction. We don't go into it for debate. And so how do we do that? We, can, we ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? Who do you want to minister to today? How do you want to use me today? Where are you going today? I, I, I'm going into the office today. How do you want to use that moment when I'm in the office? Who do you have plans for to encounter today? How can I minister to them? Is there something that you want to say to these people? Today I'm not going to the office, but I'm having some video meetings. Is there something that I can input in them that will bless the people on the other end? I'm, I'm going shopping, or I'm going uh, to the park, or I'm going to this uh, uh, party. Uh, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in that moment? Are there people that you have an appointment with? Now we're aligning with the agenda of the Holy Spirit. And we pray less of those like, Ah, Lord, if you don't come now, we're doomed. Because uh, then we have to just, like twist. Lord, you know it's for your name. And, and you know people are going to like hate your name if you let me fail. And, but we left him there and we went to apply. Or we went to I. We've heard, we've heard this said that um, we don't choose our families, the families that we're born into. But we do get to choose our friends. So I want to encourage you with this. Don't let people happen to you. Be intentional with the people in your life. Be specific with the people in your life. Because you see, when, when God set up this group that would go around, uh, around, around the wall, there, there were priests in that group. And there were men of war in that group. And so, and so the priests went ahead. And if we're going to achieve, if we're going to bring down some walls in our lives, we need some priests in our lives. We need some people who can go before us and blow some horns. We need people who can minister and intercede. We need people who can stand with us in the darkest hour of night. We need some men of war in our lives. The, the, the scriptures were telling us that the men of war were stationed before and after the ark. What were they doing? They were protecting the presence of God. If you don't have people in your life that are helping you to protect and to honor the presence of God, then I want to encourage you to do something about it. Because you need people who swing the sword. You need people who declare scripture to your life. You need people who are going to remind you, it has been three years. You're right, but did God promise? Yes, he did. So let's labor on again. You need people who are going to remind you, yes, you're trusting for healing. Yes, you're trusting for, have you entered into the promise? Yes, you have. Did God say it was going to be easy? No, he didn't. So let's keep laboring. You need people that are going to be saying, repent of this because we want to protect and honor the presence of God in your life. Repent of this. Walk away from this because this is going to shortcut what God is doing in your life. And there are fortresses that are yet to fall. But and if we honor the presence and we carry him with us, then fortresses will fall. But if we shortcut and we shortchange, we lose out. You need some men, of, men and women of war that are going to wage and going to swing the sword in your life. And you know what? We need the shouting masses. When the trumpet blows and the shouts went up, we need those shouting masses. And we need to be those shouting masses to one another. Because you see, if we're in one community 
and we shout together and walls fall on your side. And so we're shouting and we're believing for victory and, we, and the walls fall and you get healed. You know what? I'm shouting for that victory because what that tells me is that God is, is healing right now. And so your healing has bearing on my healing. And if we're shouting and walls fall down on your side and you get some financial breakthrough, I'm genuinely happy for you and I'm celebrating because your victory there has bearing for me over here. And so if we're shouting and I'm shouting for your relational reconciliation over there and your relationships are reconciled, I'm celebrating because God is doing something wonderful over there and it has bearing for me over here. Because you see, testimony, saints, is the spirit of prophecy. Is God is doing it over there and I bear testament to it, God is going to do it over here. I can celebrate with you because God is not a cheap God and God is not a limited God. So just because he, he released breakthrough over there and just because he released provision over there doesn't mean that he's run out of breakthrough and provision. He's just getting started. And so when somebody shares a testimony of provision, we can celebrate that. Even if it's a dream that you've been praying into. Even if it's a prayer request that you've been laboring uh, in for. And somebody else gets it, that should tell you that God is doing it. So shout like the Israelites shouted and let the walls come down. And the walls that are coming down over there will eventually come down over here. And, and how do we get... These people, how do we get the priests and, the, and, the, and the, the, the warriors and the shouting masses in our lives? It is very simple, actually. Be a priest and be a warrior and be one of the shouting masses in other people's lives. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, We thank you that we get to do life with you. That our dreams and our passions, that our purpose is powered by you. I'm praying that you would release the grace over this gathering. That we would be convicted to prioritize you in our focus, to prioritize you in our attentions, to prioritize you in our activities and in our obedience. Every single day that we would be convicted and empowered to make that decision, every single day that we would have people around us that are holding us up and keeping us accountable to that decision. I pray, Lord, that we would receive plans that are from you and we would know to keep you center in those plans and that we would see breakthrough and honor you because without you it is not possible and because you you have done it all you have done everything and you call us to partner with you thank you that you call us your people Thank you that you call us into places of promise. Thank you that you've empowered us and you've graced us to bring down the fortresses and to take down the giants that occupy our rightful place. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.